Blog Talk Radio. Let's count. Let's count from the days the, the days away from when Jim posted about hung athletes and fooled me on April 1st. That was Tuesday, it's April 3rd. Jim, you got me with that one. I got to tell you. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were hung like racehorses. Hung like hung like racehorses, right? <laughs> uh, I fell for. It. I even woke up in the morning saying, "Okay, don't fall for any April Fool stuff," <laughs> and you still got me. Oh, by the way, should we be calling this Outsports Podcast or Outsports Radio anymore? Um, I mean, it's live. Is it a live podcast? Is it is it a live radio? Blog talk radio? Well, it's kind of both. It's kind of a podcast because you can listen to it later. You can download it, correct? Yeah, but I guess, uh, you know, even, even radio shows, they have their little... Like they they take some of those and and make put them on iTunes and so you can can download it later. Uh, should we rebrand it as Outsports Radio? I yeah, let's do radio. Make it sound like we're media moguls. What's out? Well, it is. It does say in the upper right. So when you go to Blog Talk Radio, they have this little studio, the online studio. In the upper right, it says Outsports Radio. But then again, maybe that's what I called it. Whatever. We're, <laughs> We're going to try this. Welcome to the latest edition of Outsports Radio. We're going to be talking with Jalen Messersmith from Benedictine College very shortly. He is an openly gay college basketball player who we wrote about, what was it, about a year ago, Jim? Yeah, uh, last June. And, and we're talking about the Final Four. I don't even know, where are you in the Final Four rankings? You were doing well. Oh, I'm done. When Arizona lost to uh, Wisconsin, that killed me. I had them going all the way, and had they gone all the way, I would have won the pool. But So I was watching that game at, after football with everybody last week and just was actually caring because I wanted my pool bracket to stay alive. And they missed it's three consecutive like, shots down the stretch and it was like down one point. Like, well, there you go. It's kind of like a lottery. I mean, it, it it's like – how can winning those things? It's just it's such random chance. I mean, did, did, I'm, I'd be curious to know if anyone in ESPN's pool had the Final Four correct. It's just 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 those Almost. four teams. Well, no seven seed had ever made the Final Four until this year, so it's probably hard to believe anybody got all four of the teams. No seven seed had done it, but what an eight seed had done it or something. I think maybe once or twice. Maybe I think Villanova may have been an eight seed when they won it, but. <clears throat> Yeah, we have a one, a two, a seven, and an eight. And those are kind of odd numbers to have in. So, kind of like having bad numbers in those NF in those Super Bowl squares pools. You know, a <laughs> nine and a two, and it's like, well, I just threw my money away. Yeah, well, I I, I paid such little attention to college basketball this year, and I just kind of filled out my bracket. I, I I go to what I generally do is I go to what the what the rankings were in like November. Because oftentimes those are the talented teams that everybody knows they're talented, and 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 you know it's bad play like with Kentucky over the course of the year where they just kind of fall apart. But it's those talented teams that rise to the top in the tournament. And I 
still just awfully. <laughs> I didn't get a single Final Four team right, did you? Uh, I just had Florida. I'll bet you a lot. Most people didn't have had at most probably two. Yeah, right? they made I, that I mean, Florida and Wisconsin probably. Maybe somebody had Kentucky or three, but nobody. I can't believe nobody had four. Well, I had a bunch of Elite Eight teams. I probably had five or six of them. I had Connecticut. Uh, I had Wisconsin. I had Florida. I had Arizona. I, but none of the teams that I thought would win those games got through. So. Yeah, well, and I, I kind of don't care about it right now. It's <laughs> just that I, I mean, I like sleeper teams, but not Kentucky and Connecticut. They've won championships recently. They don't. They're not to me the definition of a Cinderella sleeper team. Um, I guess I Florida, Wisconsin, be the final I'd root for. Florida, Wisconsin. I just, I don't know. I, I hate the term Cinderella because if, if you got in the tournament, then you have a shot to win the championship. And, and I don't care if there's an 11 seed that makes it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. I, I, I just, I don't know. At this point, that that term, I mean, yes, the Cinderella story is, has to end well, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, I think maybe maybe just no names or people, you know, like when Wichita State makes it last year. I like, oh, that's kind of cool. They don't really get much attention. But a Kentucky and a Connecticut making it are like, well, these are basketball powerhouses. So but them making me, like, the Final Four is like, eh, who cares? If one of those, like, I remember uh, when, Mer- was it Mercer beat Duke? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember the, the commentator saying, and Cinderella has her slipper, whatever it was, right? Cinderella's been crowned. No, Cinderella, if, to be a Cinderella team, you have to win the tournament. I don't care if you make it to the Final Four if you if you knock off the one seed. Cinderella ends well. She gets the prince. And if you don't win the tournament, you're not Cinderella. It ended badly. Prince Charming died in the end. Or, you know, the ugly step. Oh, they're a one-day Cinderella. Give, give Mercer their due. They were hot. Whatever I, I don't know I just I just I don't like that term. We got to come up with another term other than well. It's Cinderella. just like people saying they control their own destiny in the NFL playoffs, and they don't. Right. You know, your destiny is your destiny. You don't control it. it drives me crazy. Right. <laughs> well, trying to get people to to, to never going to happen. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't even know what you would say. Control your fate. Control your circumstance. I mean, it's really not. Uh, I think probably circumstance because I mean you can't your fate is the same thing like your destiny yeah. is your fate if you're fated to do something you're fated to do it but I don't know here we are talking about <laughs> semantics well uh, we we had a, a um, somewhat big story this week Mitch Eby the college football player defensive end from Chapman University came out on Out Sports he was. As far as I know, and I think as far as you know, we've never seen an active college football player say that he was gay publicly in the media. And uh, people get so surprised. I mean, I remember reading a couple comments that, you know, he talks about the team applauding after after he tells them that he's gay. And people are still surprised by this, but it's so, like, par for the course for the stories that we tell and just not not surprised by it anymore. 
Yeah, and I, it's still um, it's still news because it's still unusual, and we always use the word publicly gay because Michael Sam was openly gay at Missouri, uh, you know. But in terms of the media knowing about it, and I do think that, I mean, we both know that there are other stories out there. The people simply aren't talking about them to the media. Yeah. So if we try to use the term publicly gay, but then the media uses openly gay, but. You know, what I liked about Mitch's thing is he, you know, has all this anxiety like everyone does when they come out. He reads this little speech with teammates, and they're kind of like, great. Next. No, there's not this. They're not the least bit bothered by it. Yep. Well, another athlete who came out recently to his team is Jalen Messersmith, who joins us now from Benedictine College. Jalen, are, are you in college right now? Are you, are you on campus? I am on campus right now, actually. Well, well, well. Thanks for joining us. I, I know that you, uh, you guys had your team had quite a season this year. Tell us about it. Oh, we did awesome this year. It was a really, really good season. Um, we finished twenty-three and eight. I'm pretty sure twenty-three and eight, something like that. Um, we won conference for the first time in our school's history um, since we've been in the conference that we're in. Um, we went to the national tournament for the first time since the 1960 or 1970. So the first time in 40 years, and then we got to the second round. So it was it was a big year. It was a really really big year. You guys had your first win at the NAI tournament since 1968. So that's yeah, pretty. It, it's been a long time uh, since they started. Since like the win where they actually won the tournament in 1967, that was the first win. And said you set a new single season session attendance record, 6,325. One of the uh, games of was which was at the tournament, the regular, the conference tournament. No, it was at the national tournament. The first game that we had, we got really close. We were at like 4,900 something, and then the second game that we had on the Friday night. There was just so many people there, and it was night and day. Like you, we were watching games and stuff, and uh, you could tell when our fans started filling up, and we had a whole section filled with just our students. It was really a neat experience. And I had where was uh, this? Got, it was at Municipal Auditorium in downtown Kansas City. Oh, so it was close by to where you guys were. Yeah, it's only about uh, a forty-five hour minute drive from us. Do you, in the NAI tournament, forgive me, but I'm just not familiar. Do you have seeds and everything? Does it look like the NCAA tournament? Um, it looks similar. We It's the top 32 teams because there's two divisions in the NAI for basketball. And so the Division One and Division Two each have 32 different teams in different tournaments. And so on our side, for our tournament, we have the top 16 teams seeded. So we were seeded number 11 overall. And then there's 16 teams that get the at-large bids, and so the top team faces the the 32 teams. So it just kind of ranks that way. And I by the way, if you want to call, if you want to call, if you want to call in to talk to to Jalen, the number is three four seven nine four five seven eight three four. Jim, we do a terrible job letting people know that. Yeah, well, we've had two callers so far in our short history of doing this, so. Um, Jalen said you ranked number two in Division One in total blocks and number three in blocks per game. So you're a blocking machine. How is the scoring though? 
the scoring this year, I think I averaged seven. Okay. Seven a game. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. I mean, we had a one of our my teammates, Charlie, averaged like 15, and then I had another one that averaged 12. So we all have our different roles, and I know that my role is more of a rebounding and defensive role with the occasional scoring and mixed in there. Question, Jalen. Michael Sam came out to his team last year, and they made the Cotton Bowl, and he had the best season he's ever had. Jason Collins was signed by the Nets as an openly gay player. They've been one of the best teams in pro basketball since he signed. You came out publicly last June, and your team won its first conference or first tournament game since '68. Does this mean that? uh, Teams need more and more openly gay players to uh, achieve heights they've not yet achieved? Uh, I don't know if that's the thing. I think it's more that people are comfortable on the team. Like, that's that's definitely something me and my coach have been talking about. He was like, the way that you've been playing, you just seem like you're comfortable. Like, before, like, your freshman year and your sophomore year, you were just kind of in that stage where you weren't really comfortable. And I think that's what I've been saying when people have asked me, like, why are these people doing better now? I think it's more just a comfort level. You can trust everybody around you, and you don't have something on your back, like, trying to come out, I guess. Yeah, it's it's just, it's 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 funny to see the success of these teams. I mean, to say that you won the first tournament game in 45 years, and and we hear what a distraction it's going to be for athletes, for teams to have a gay athlete on the team, and whether it's the media hounding them. Or the locker rooms? Did you face any of that? I mean, did did the, I mean you're not right? You're not a, headed to the NFL, so I, I I imagine it wasn't what Michael Sam experienced. But did you experience some media attention around when you guys started playing? And 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 did you have any problems with guys in the locker room and the showers? Um, I did get some media attention. There was one guy that was persistent about it, but he was really good. At, like during the season, me and my coach discussed that. We didn't want to do anything, like, story-wise that didn't revolve around just basketball. And so everybody was really good about asking questions just about basketball, and I told them, if you want other questions, like, you can ask me those after the season. And everybody's really respected that. And so that was a really good thing. Um, And then locker room-wise, not really. My teammates are just my teammates. I, I think of all my teammates as brothers. They treat me like I'm one, just another one of the guys. So it's it's been a really good experience. Now, last year you told uh, you told me in the interview that you had more dates than your all your probably teammates combined. Did that continue this year? Now that you were publicly out, um, I don't know if it continued. It, it was just still a thing. I mean, I at one point was dating someone, so that kind of worked in my favor. And you know, it just I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Some of them got more dates this year, though, so that was good. We, they weren't all lonely as they were last year, so. They got more. They got more dates than you, or they just got more dates. Period. They just got more dates. Period. Uh, well, we're talking with with Jalen Messersmith. If you want to call in, it's three four seven nine four five seven eight three four again three four seven nine four five seven eight three four. Jalen is a well. You were a senior this year, right? Was, no, I'll be. I was a junior this year. I'll be a senior. You're a junior, so you have another year. season at Benedictine College. I do. So when you were playing during the season, obviously your story got a fair amount of national attention last year because you were the first, we call publicly gay college basketball player, like ever. Um, you beat Derek Shell by a few months. Uh, I did. And 
did during the season did you ever hear anything from any other either uh, other opposing teams, good or bad, or fans, or did you know were people aware of it during the season, or had it been sort of just forgotten by then? I think people were aware of it, and but I don't think anybody, nobody really said anything negative. I had a couple people come up to me during the season at random places and be like, "Hey, like we." I'm really proud of you. Like, that was really cool what you did. And I had a kid from one of our teams in our conference that, like, messaged me on Facebook and was like, hey, that's really awesome what you're doing. Like, there was, but there was never anything bad. And what about other players? Have you heard, you know, from other players who are not yet out that they simply thought it was cool that there was someone who played in their sport that, that, was, that was out? I have heard from a couple of people, and a couple of people have been – I've kind of discuss things with other people, which is really cool. And it's kind of one of the things, the reasons that I did it was to kind of be like, hey, look, you can do it. I'm doing it. And so and that's been a really neat experience as well. What, what has been the reaction on, on on campus? I mean, is there an LGBT group? Of, have they had you come speak to them? Are you involved with them? Uh, there isn't one on campus, so not really. Um, but Otherwise, campus has been fine. I, especially with the success that the team had, there's really nothing. Like people are just really supportive, and especially if they know who I am, they know that like I'm not. I I don't know. It's it's been a really good situation here. So obviously, you don't have any regrets about sort of telling your story publicly. Uh, in addition to other athletes contacting, have you heard from us a lot of just? younger people who just are, were struggling with their coming out and what have, what have they been telling you or what have they told you? Um, I have heard from a couple of people and a couple of people have told me like this, it's, it was like a step for them to see that somebody could do it in such a, um, like the place that I am and what I was doing. So like basketball wise and being at a Catholic college, I think it gave some other people some hope. And I've heard, talked to people afterwards that have been like, it, I had almost the exact same reaction that you did. It's been really great. I'm really happy that you did what you did so that I could do what I did. And so it's been it's been a really neat experience that way. Have you heard from anybody who came out to their teams who had a bad experience? I actually haven't. I haven't heard anything along those lines. Doesn't we keep hearing that we... Everybody's a, everybody. A lot of people are obviously afraid of doing it for whatever reasons. Coming out itself is just, you know, everybody comes out separately. But that's a, one of the big fears is how it's going to be received. And universally, it's been received like wonderfully well, even by guys who may have, you know, used anti-gay comments in the past, kind of just because that's the language they use. It seems that once they know somebody, that kind of stuff stops. Yeah, that that seems to be the case, and I think it's just more like it's the times are changing and people are becoming more open to it. And once you like realize that someone is and like, you know, somebody and you're like, Oh, well, it's not as big of a deal as I may have thought that it was kind of thing. Well, Jalen, are you watching the final four this weekend? I'm for sure. I bought oh. a true statement. I lost a little bit of interest once KU was out, once Duke was out. Um, once you had no ones, shot of winning your pool, that's what you're saying. Right, right. Once I stopped, <laughs> once my uh, chances of getting the billion dollars were just out the window, I was I was a little upset. But uh, and that went out the first game with Ohio State going down. <laughs> yeah, like me too. Did, I was like, oh, well, there it goes. And there's a couple. <laughs>
couple guys on my team because we were down at the tournament at that point, and there's a couple guys on my team that actually had Dayton beating Ohio State, so like they were still in it, and then the next day they were done. But there was nobody even around that really had it anymore, so it was it was disheartening. And then seeing KU go down the way they did, I was I was upset. But and Wichita State. Uh, you know what? I actually predicted that one. I knew I was I was one that was like questioning the Wichita State whether they kind of had the experience they needed to to play the teams that they were going to have to play. Especially they got put in a bracket for sure. They yeah. got they got a, a tough draw there, but I kind of predicted that when I saw that, uh, and I kind of thought that Kentucky was going to pull out here towards the end, and they definitely have. They're playing some really good basketball right now. Well, the Wichita State was one good three-point look away from winning that game, so it shows you the how fickle the tournament is. I mean, one, you know, San Diego, Ohio State, Dayton, one missed shot at the end, and the game changes. It really does. I, th- I thought that in the Ohio State Dayton game, I thought he was going to get that. I thought it was in the – Yep. Oh, man. It's been a, it's been a really uh, interesting year for bracket. It's been quite the show. So we have Florida-Connecticut. What is your take on that game? No, I, I've never really been a huge Florida fan. And I – as good as – it's uh, Wilbekin, as good as he is, I just don't like the way his, like, his attitude. And so it, like, throws me off, and I don't want them to win, but I want them to win at the same time. I don't know. But I think I, I think they'll probably win that game over UConn, but I don't know if they'll win on the other side against Wisconsin or uh, Kentucky. So who's going to win Wisconsin-Kentucky? <sighs> that one's hard. I, I, I can't remember what coach said it, that was talking about Kentucky and how huge they were and how you don't really uh, understand how big their team is until they see them. And I think I think Kentucky could pull that out. But Wisconsin's playing really good ball, and they're kind of underestimated in a lot of different ways. So you say an all-SEC final? Ugh. Right. Well, uh, I, and I don't know. I don't know. May, I, I, that Wisconsin, I think Florida will definitely beat Connecticut, but I don't know about the Wisconsin-Kentucky game. Just don't know. Well, nobody said, knows, and that's why they play the game. Right. You said you had none of the fi- – I had one Final Four team, Florida. Did you have any? I had um, none. Like I, I, I had oh, – go ahead. I don't think I did because I, I had Duke in my Final Four. I had Oklahoma State. Um, I think I have Florida. I think Florida is my one remaining, and I can't remember who I had coming out of the Kansas bracket. I think it was maybe Syracuse. So I, I didn't. I didn't do very well. Well, it's all a crapshoot anyway. I will never forget the time I was at Disney, and the woman who won the pool won because she picked Utah to win the championship because her daughter had just married somebody from Utah, and they happened to be in the finals that year. And that's, yeah, that's, they made and that's why she won. Great analysis. <laughs> when I was Hi, leading Jaylen. for the longest time at the Outsports pool, and even though I hardly watch any college basketball, and then I went down in flames when Arizona lost. So. It would be fun to see somebody just pick pick names out of a hat and see who they can beat. I bet they don't finish last in any pool. No, last year I had a friend who she did her whole bracket by colors, like the team colors. She was like, hmm, 
I think I like this one better, and she did better than all of us. Kind of like <laughs> knew what we were doing. <laughs> Quote unquote. Well, have, have her play the outsports pool next year. She'd win. Right. All right, Jalen. Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll definitely be watching how you do going into next year. You win one tournament game this year. Next year, let's you know. Do you got? Are you graduating a lot of people this year? We're graduating uh, three, so we're losing one starter or two starters and uh, one of our backup point guard. But we should. We do have a lot of our firepower coming back this next year, which will be really good. And we got beat this year by the team that uh, eventually won the national championship. And so it was one of those things where it's like we we could have had it. We definitely could have had it. Well, it's always good when you lose. You, you feel, okay, we lost to a team that did very well, so we didn't uh, lose to somebody that was had a fluky game. Right. Great. Well, well thanks for joining us, and, and, and good luck with everything the rest of the year. And be sure to check back next year at the start of the season. All right. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, that was Jalen Smith from the Benedictine College. Uh, it's, you know, it's also interesting talking to even a college basketball player. It's like, oh, my interest is kind of, you know, waned because I'm not in my pool anymore. It's, <laughs> these artificial pools really generate the interest in that. If it weren't for these, for the pools, no one would care. Whereas, you know, you look at like a, the NFL, people care whether their team's in it or not. Well, I think a lot of it is that I'm old enough to remember, I think you are too, when you knew all the college basketball players because they stayed in school. They couldn't go to the NBA as soon. And so you built up a thing with, you know, Ewing and Elijah Wan and Ralph Sam, you know, there was a, there was, or Christian Leitner, there was a sense of you knew the players. They were either, they were either heroes or villains. And you still have that in college football. But with these guys being one and done, it's just, it's just program names, you know, that you just don't get to know who they are. And so the only rooting interest you have is, oh, I took Arizona, and if Arizona wins, I'll win the turn, I'll win the thing. And so that's why I watched the end of that Arizona Wisconsin game that I normally wouldn't care about. So I think with the NFL, it's simply you know all the players, you know you know who Peyton is and Brady and all those guys. As much as I support the ability of anyone to play professional basketball, or whatever when they want to, it does hurt the product because it, you're just rooting for team names. You can't really name. There's almost nobody in college basketball that the average person knows about like they used to. Right. Well, yeah, but, you know, this, this, I mean, it has been going on for a long time. Magic was at Michigan State for, what, one year? So it, I, mean, but, I but think those it was two years. I don't think he could have done a one and done then. Was he? But still, Magic, Bird, you had guys. There's, there's, there's not those identifiable names anymore that we follow. And, you know, Leitner for – he was there at least three years at Duke, and so you you know he was the great hero or villain depending on if you liked or hated Duke. Um, yeah, Magic was there for two years at Michigan State. Yeah, and so I think they wanted his second year, and I think Jordan was there for two years. So even two years makes it to be where like okay, I get this, you know, Kentucky still would have had Anthony uh, Davis, right? It was the number one draft pick a couple well, years ago. Well, I mean, it would, it would have been the, the final four would be different if guys stayed for for four years. Yeah, and imagine if guys like LeBron actually went to college and played college basketball. Like, what what program would he have maybe won three championships with, or you know, been in the finals three times? Yep. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, just I, like talking I to Jalen, just it's, it's always good to hear that idea. It's interesting. We've heard that from so many guys now. The comfort level, 
that maybe he his coach noticed that he simply was more comfortable. And even though he was pretty, you know, he was some he was out when we did the story. You know, just the idea that there was no secrets anymore and everyone was fine with it and it kind of receded in the woodwork. Michael Sam said the same thing, that there were no – it just has comfort levels there. People don't care. That's what – it's so secondary. And, and the, the people in the media continue to put forward this idea that it's hard to be gay in sports. And that's what we, you and I have said for years the biggest hurdle is the media. The the, the 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 first people to herald coming out are the media, and the and the and the first people to portray sports as this homophobic place where it's, where you're going to face discrimination somehow in some way if you come out is also the media. Yeah, I think that's changed a lot. Uh, what I do think is just that idea that that even someone like Jalen, who seemed fairly comfortable with who he was. Now, literally, is totally comfortable, and his coach, where his coach notices. Um, we had that story on Vince Pryor, who sets the single-game single sack record for TCU after coming out and just said he felt just so free. So it's sort of a lesson to a lot of people thinking about coming out that once you get over that whatever fear you have in the hurdle, it's going to be, you know, on the right, most teams is going to be an accepted thing, and you'll, just, you'll play better, you'll perform better, because you don't have that, wor- that thing to worry about. Yeah, I don't have to look over your shoulder, and and obviously, it, I mean, maybe it's coincidence, maybe it's not. But what he said was so interesting. I mean, Missouri, after he, after Michael Sam, I mean, they they shocked everybody going to the the uh, the SEC championship, winning the Cotton Bowl, and him being named Defensive Player of the Year in the conference, and Jalen. Uh, you know, uh, all those blocked shots, obviously performing well, the team winning its first playoff game in 45 years. I mean. Maybe these are coincidences, but maybe they're not. Yeah, and then Jason Collins, whatever reason, they have been out of tear since they signed him. And even if he's just a good luck charm, he's a pretty, you know, by NBA terms, a cheap good luck charm. You know, they're playing really well, and it's been—I think—it's been a bonding thing for the Nets because it's been—they've gotten a lot of positive attention for this. So I do think there's maybe some connection, even though he doesn't play that much. That you know, it's a, they pay, people talk about chemistry. We've been on teams in. Even in these tournaments, we played in flag football. And, you know, some teams just have good chemistry, and other teams it's like you just kind of know bad things are going to happen. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, well, no, there's no question. And obviously anything like that that brings you together uh, is going to help bond the team. And, uh, oh, what uh, what do you have going on this weekend? You got flag football, anything else? Uh, just far, uh, flag football week four. Week five. <laughs> What's week your five. team's record? We're two one and one. We had two, tie one, last week, and they don't play. And we don't play uh, overtime in the regular season because of uh, yeah. not having the field. Um, yeah. We would have had it, but uh, a great defensive play by our offensive player to knock a pass down that was meant for a teammate. So, <laughs> a defensive play by your receiver. That's what you always yep, want. He made a you. great. He was a defensive player of the game for the other team. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's all the time we have this week. We will we will chat with you next week when we have a national champion in men's and women. I'm picking Stanford for the women. Go Cardinals.